Hey guys, we're back. This is episode three. I can't believe we've made it this far, Chelsea. We're on the third episode. <laughs> I'm amazed somebody watched. Honestly, I was just having fun making this with you, whether it was you and me watching it or me forcing my husband to watch it. Either way. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I may have paid some small children in my neighborhood to get some views, right? We're, we're paying a viewership now. Yeah, uh, right. If you can't tell, Brian Dean went and got his cold brew. And thank you to our listeners for interacting with his cold brew and giving yes. him suggestions because I don't know anything about cold brew. I've actually had to send a coffee website to Brian yes. to have him tell me what I should order. So thank you. Shout out. I need to get the Twitter handle. It's the GRCTC Fashion Anyway, instructor, I need to get the Twitter handle. Anyway, recommended a, I don't want to say the name because I, we're not, they're not paying us to market, right? So I don't want to let, yeah. them, anyway, I don't want anyone to think out there that I'm getting paid for this. I'm not. Well, I mean, I'm getting paid to work for GIC. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting paid to like talk about coffee. But anyway, this cold brew kit that I'm going to order. So it's working out. We're helping you guys. I'm getting coffee suggestions. Okay. Anyway, and I will explain the flannel since I've explained that in the other two. Today's yeah. flannel is very special. It was for my sister's um, bachelorette party. And those of you that are watching, you can see, but it is branded Gryffindor. Even though these aren't the Gryffindor colors, it's like the plaid, but it is um, a specific Hogwarts theme. And then on my back, I don't know if you can see that, Brian. Yeah. It has Gryffindor. my house on the back. So how to point that out. Now that we've talked about all of our fun things, yeah. um, I want to give you guys a heads up. This episode may be a little bit longer because we are creating these episodes in real time mm -hmm. uh, to get the things that you guys are talking about what you need. Um, and I will say, even though we are only half of the digital learning team, yep. Martine and Angie are really integral in us knowing how to answer these questions and working yeah. together. We are really excited for us to join them or to join us for them to join us next episode. It's been a long, <laughs> a long, a long year, meaning long from year. Tuesday to Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> a long life. Okay. Well, we'll um, we're gonna dive. We're gonna be on the next episode, though, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, we're forcing so, them to now. Now that it's out there in our podcast, it's on the internet. Must be true. <laughs> Must be true if it's on the internet. So yep. our first thing we're gonna dive into today, because we promised it in our last. Mm -hmm. Maybe even our last two episodes, we talked mm -hmm. about this. Definitely yeah. episode two. We talked about wanting to dive into Seesaw and Canvas. So we are going to start with that on um, our first tip. But then the rest of the tips um, that we covered today would really apply to whatever grade level you're teaching or whatever mm -hmm. course you have. But they're also good practice for our littles. So if you're just getting into our podcast, if you're watching on YouTube specifically, um, we have chapter links. So if you're wanting to skip the seesaw yeah. section, you are welcome to skip this and use those chapter links. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and start by talking about the links that we use for our littles to access seesaw. We have a lot of primary teachers, so our pre-K through two, who are using seesaw and canvas together. Okay, they're accessing seesaw through canvas. Since seesaw is not a direct integration, meaning like they're kind of friends and they play well together, but they're not best friends. Like we used to say that all the time talking about Google and Microsoft. Um, it is also true for Seesaw and Canvas, right? Um, there's a little bit of a workaround that you have to do to, to make sure that that integration quote unquote works. 
um, you're going to include these links somewhere in Canvas. So uh, we've been seeing those learning menus, guys, they look beautiful, the learning menus that you are designing. If the links are used in your learning menu, great. If these are things that you want to use by using the redirect tool, awesome. But either way, you're going to want to look at using two important links. And there's two separate links because just like we talked about last episode, um, we're differentiating not just on skill level with our students now, we also have to take into mind our devices. Like what devices are the students using to access? right like how are they accessing seats on canvas so you'll see brian pulled up our twitter and this is not just a plug for you to be looking at our digital gisc twitter which you should it kind of, it kind of, is. <laughs> it kind of is. but there's a graphic that we just um tweeted out recently about canvas and seesaw and the reason i'm showing you this graphic is because the links that you will include um are they're different so if your students are accessing Seesaw and Canvas using a Chromebook, for instance, or a laptop, and they're using the browser, the Chrome browser to access, the link that you would use wherever you're gonna embed this is that app.seesaw.me hashtag slash login. And how I got that, honestly, I just went to Seesaw, the Seesaw login page, copy the URL, and that's the one that I'm using. The it's mobile, okay. yeah. Can I just shout out that I just love that the hashtag you know, like there's yeah. some people listening that would call it like the pound sign. You know what I mean? <laughs> I called it the hashtag. No, I love it. It is now the hashtag because like hashtag. kids are like, what's the pound sign? Like I have no idea. <laughs> or I normally, honestly, if I was talking, I would call it the number sign. Oh, yeah. I probably wouldn't have even said pound sign. And I think I defaulted to hashtag because we're looking yeah. at Twitter. And sure. I think I even did the hashtag. Uh, motion when I did that. Yeah, yeah. That was just like a that just happens. <laughs> yeah. Um the mobile app link, if you're looking at the graphic we're talking about, and we will link to this in our show notes again, um, it has class underscore app underscore redirect as part of that URL. And what that will do is if you're on a mobile device, let's say your phone or an iPad, it keeps open the Canvas app and pops out the Seesaw app as well. So that is our first tip on how to embed Seesaw into your Canvas courses. That's great. And like you guys would just take that link and put it in your learning menu that you're posting to Canvas, what, wherever you're gonna post those links. And then that way uh, the parents and students can get to those Seesaw activities uh, a little easier. Okay. Exactly so right. we're ready for tip number two, Chelsea. And my tip. Are we two, are we ready, Brian, for tip number two? I yes, <laughs> I think we are. I'm gonna. We're gonna. It's gonna happen. You can't stop what's coming. All right. Nope. So, <laughs> um, no country for old men reference there. For my, I didn't catch that, but I, I right. need to go rewatch that movie. So that was a good reference. I'm just glad you've watched it. You're quite a bit younger than me, so it's entirely possible <laughs> that you're like, what is that movie? Okay. So let's talk about simplifying the course navigation. So everyone's been getting into Canvas. And when you're in your course, think about, again, this is thinking about our students. I think this tip could help pre-K to 12th grade, okay? You can, there's some things you can do to simplify what the kids see. So I'm going to share my screen again. Uh, so if you're listening to this, uh, you're obviously not going to see what I'm presenting, but um, 
when you're in Canvas, and here's our course. Remember, if you were if you've been with us since episode one, you'll know that we started a sandbox course to practice. So here we are in our sandbox course. So when I click on settings, I can click on navigation, which is a tab right here. Okay. So it tells you real clearly here, drag and drop items to reorder them in the course navigation. So if you want your modules to appear under the home, you can drag modules up, right? Or if you wanted to leave your announcements there, you can reorder them. But here's the cool thing. Guys, our kids don't really need to see analytics. It's gonna throw them off. So I'm just gonna drag it down here and they're not gonna see it anymore. Office 365, I don't really want them to see Grade Sync. I'm even going to take off Studio. Studio is coming, okay? Well, it's already here. We're going to have training on that, right? But right now, it might confuse them. So look how I just simplified that for the students. So when they log in on the left side, they're only going to see Home, Announcements, Modules, Grades, Google Drive, and Seesaw. And if your kids aren't even using Seesaw, take it away, right? And it's just gone. Okay, for them. So that's my tip. It's all about kind of making Canvas look a little bit less intimidating, a little more uh, friendly for students. So that that's my tip. Oh, of course, then you're going to want to click yeah. save to uh, change up your settings. Now, do you want to go to home and see that the student view just so we can see what that looks like? Yes. That's beautiful. Yep. So look how much simpler that is, right? There's no assignments. I know you're wondering, where's the assignments? But um, there's no assignments. But if there were assignments, you could leave assignments here too. So, so much simpler and easy to navigate there. And even though they're hidden in the navigation, you can still link to them. So, yeah. you know, we were earlier talking about that learning menu, hide it in the navigation, but then you can link to it from mm -hmm. whatever you have embedded there. Speaking yep. of linking to assignments and such, that beautifully transitions us, not planned, maybe, to tip number three and unpublishing yeah. modules. So Chelsea, uh, we're already getting off our, our, we don't have a plan, but we kind of do. I realized <laughs> I was supposed to do that, but I don't want to get us off if you want to do it. I'm all good. Nah, I'm, I'm enjoying watching. I'm just, I'm sitting yeah. here relaxing in my plan. Right. Enjoying my water, watching you model. So the next unplanned off-the-cuff tip that I'm reading from my iPad here <laughs> um, is unpublishing modules. So let me kind of show you what I mean. Again, if you're not watching this on YouTube, it's, I'm going to describe it. So I'm in a course here, and I have three modules. But you can imagine for a semester-long or a year-long class, you're going to have a lot of modules, Okay. And if you're the kind of teacher out there that a lot of us are, I was, I liked to plan ahead and have a lot of different things already in Google Classroom or wherever I was using at the time. It can be a little bit overwhelming for students. So this is my tip. After you have published your course and it's live and you've planned out your course, you have week one module, week two's there, week three and all the way down, okay? You can come in here and let's say unpublish module two and unpublish module three. So now when I switch back over to my student view, the modules are still there, but the students can only see the first module. 
so they don't have to worry about like what's coming down the pike and things like that. So um, that was my tip. So simplifying the navigation for the kids. Yes. And that, it also goes for, let's say like, you know, as you were discussing, Brian, mm -hmm. you have a module for each week. If that's how you choose to organize it, you have mm -hmm. week one learning at home, week two learning at home, or however you organize that, your, your online instruction modules. Right. You can always go and unpublish them after the students aren't using them anymore. And I love that because we used to get that question all the time about Google Classroom. Hey, how do I remove assignments we're not using anymore? I have so many topics. How do I get rid of those? Mm -hmm. If you unpublish that module, it doesn't delete their work. It just takes away the ability for them to navigate to it. Mm -hmm. So you could always publish and unpublish as you see fit. So maybe there's something that comes back in the second semester and you're trying to have students look back at what they did, you could publish that and have them access it. So again, just like we were talking about that course navigation in modules, if you had 14 modules that they can see, woof, that is a lot. So trying to keep that to three to five items, something that they can see and interact with without it being too much. I agree. And I don't know if y'all saw that, but it, unpublishing, once the course is published, is literally as easy as clicking that green circle and it's just, gone i mean they, it's just gone at that point so if you make a mistake you gotta oh man that's not right just go unpublish it and they can't see it anymore and then put exactly. it back exactly so super easy super yeah. easy but powerful tip yeah now we're on to tip number four can't believe we've already made it 80 percent way through our podcast today I can't either this is <laughs> but uh we're going to talk about importing content from other courses because if you started building early this summer, so if you were a teacher that was like, I'm getting in, I'm going to start building this now, or you followed our advice and you're working in a sandbox course so you can really play around with what your pages will look like, you can import content from other courses that you are a teacher into the course you'd like it to be in. So Brian right now is on our homepage in our sandbox course. He is going to import existing content. He's on the homepage. He's clicking on import existing content and he's going to import from another course that we've also been playing around in. So he's going to select content type and on the drop down, he's choosing copy from another course. Is that? Yeah. Copy from copy, a Canvas course. Yeah. It says copy a Canvas course. And once you click that, you can choose, do I want to copy the entire course? You can choose which course to, to import from, or you can select specific course material. So we're going to model specific course material because that it's, it's not more complicated, but it just takes you a little bit deeper. Once Brian chose the course and chose select um, specific material, it populated down to a section of this page and it says current jobs. Once he clicks on that current job, so in this case, we were importing from a, a Seesaw demo, he can then select which things specifically he would like to import into his course. So maybe this was something like you designed a really beautiful homepage on one course and you want to import it into here. You could import that laterally into another course. So if, if you're somebody who started building in one course and not in the skyward sinking course, you could pull from the course you were building in into your skyward course. So right oh, now, Brian's- That's awesome, Chelsea. That, I just got to lift that up. That's a great point. 
pulling right. from a course once the side the sink is all set if you're like well dang it now i want my grades to go so but i have this other course just import it import it into your skyward course it's kind of similar to on google classroom when it was reusing a topic or reusing an assignment mm -hmm. it's, it's similar to that you're, you're pulling it in so then you know brian selected a couple of things that he wanted to pull in and then we can see mm -hmm. that material yes it came in Looks here somewhere. so it may still be processing too that's you know it's it. underneath the jobs so yeah, once it, it processes then then you'd be able to see it true true oh that's a great tip Chelsea. that was awesome that was awesome oh, oh and also i wanted to throw this out there too i'm thinking that um let's say you're co-teaching right like with another teacher and now you're actually listed as a co-teacher in their canvas course maybe you're on the same team well, if they created like a page or a module that's really awesome and you're a teacher in that course, you could import that. And uh, totally. have, yeah, and have so you can kind of share together that way. You can also use the Canvas Commons for that. But if you're at the same school, you know, you're like right down the hall, you could just have them as a co-teacher and, and kind of share back and forth that way. Exactly. And, right. you know, on that too, when you're importing that content, if you're getting it from somebody else, you would just want to make sure that the things that you're importing, if you need to make your own copy of something similar to like, if you're making a copy of someone's Google form, mm. you would make a copy so you could access your students data. If you're using like a Pear Deck or something like yeah. that, you would go through all those actions as well. But you can importing from another course just brings in that formatting already. Yes. And all that kind of information. It brings in the canvas side of it. Yes. Yeah, like you're still gonna, if it includes a Google form, you have to make your own form. If it includes a Pear Deck, make your own Pear Deck. That's a great, that's a great point, but you'll get the design of the Canvas course the same there. And just like that, mm -hmm. we are done with oh, wow. our, our fast five for the day, which we thought was gonna be a lot longer. Um, our next episode, okay, hmm. we're, we're so Good. glad you joined us this time. Our yep. next episode, we want to hear from you. Again, we are really trying to give out tips that are helpful for, for you, for our teachers, for our educators, for our district right now. So if you have a question, which a lot of the tips we covered today came from questions we've been asked throughout yeah. this week. Straight if you have a question today. Email inbox, straight from our DMs, straight from our personal text messages. Yeah. <laughs> Our Google Voice, our, Google our Voice. office hours, right. they're getting forwarded to us. However they're coming to us, we compiled our, our frequently asked questions. So if you are listening on Anchor, you can submit your question directly to Anchor. Okay, so you can put your question on Anchor. We will be able to start compiling some of those. If you are listening other places or watching on YouTube and you're a Garland ISU employee, you can email us. Yeah. Okay, You can email our digital learning email and... Um, mention a question you have hey guys could you address this on your next podcast this would be really yeah. helpful and in the um, subject line because a lot of emails come into that inbox in the subject line yeah. if you could say podcast question then we'll be able to see that otherwise if it says hey <laughs> ignore it or sometimes it, it puts the whole question in the subject line yeah. like you get the whole question in the sub oh, subject yeah. line and then the, 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 email the body of the email sorry okay yes. <laughs> I uh, we just appreciate you guys being with us yes. and um, all the hard work that you are putting in to really make this year 
memorable and um, effective for our students and our families. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts and know that we are here, we are walking with you. So follow us at Digital GISD, check out our tips, whether you're on Twitter or on Instagram, check out our website, and then reach out to us with any questions. And if you're on YouTube, check the show notes. We're going to have links in there as well. So thanks a lot. Thanks for joining.